welcome to the Make More Noise podcast. I'm DJ Lippy. And I'm Sobri Maid. Um, so first off, got a name, haven't we? Woo! Yeah, what's the name? It's uh, Suffragette City Radio. <laughs> so yeah, we did a poll and that was the most... Uh, most popular yeah i like it because um, well we're both from manchester great manchester it is a suffragette city home of the pankhursts yep. um and yeah we've got a lot of opinions and thoughts and we like to draw our feminism trace it back to you know the pankhursts and the back to the roots yeah yeah, yeah. plus it's a david bowie song it is and it sounds really cool suffragette city radio so so that's us <laughs> Um, what have you been up to since last time we gathered here to record the podcast? I, I kept my New Year's resolution to oh, stay yeah. off Twitter. Yeah. I got banned. <laughs> That's one way to do it. Yeah. Um, I called somebody a dickhead. Granted, it was not the most, um, not the best way to comport yourself on the internet. Uh, but I got really annoyed. I had a pylon because I criticised porn for three days. People telling me that it's okay to watch women being whatever because she consented um and then i called somebody a dickhead and i got banned mm. um which has been good i've been taking some time away from social media it's really addictive twitter so mm. i've just been uh yeah djing cool uh, i'm gonna put a link out uh, you should all follow me on mixcloud lippy the dj because i am an actual dj i'll put a link in the description so i've been um yeah just djing for a couple of weeks cool yeah. well if you have any other big DJ gigs coming up in Manchester. We should uh, give him a shout out. Yeah, give him um, a plug. Yeah, cool. Um, um, how how's your how what have you been up to? Um, I have been doing a bit more reading. Some more books came through. Uh, Pornography by Anne Rousseau, Gail Dines, and Robert Jensen came through. Been reading that. Um, yeah, just been doing a bit more thinking about like the roots of it and the ideas behind it and help, helping me to kind of criticise other stuff but coming from a place of knowledge as well like I, I, stuff that's always made me feel uncomfortable I, I'm finding out that I know I can put a name to why now why this system feels a bit unfair and stuff so um, so I've been in, enjoying that and I've been doing a bit more out and about as you suggested um, do, doing more stuff in real life oh yeah so I've just been doing that meeting up with more women's groups just getting a bit more involved just yeah doing stuff grand yeah so um we've got a couple of topics we want to talk about today as well and um and other feminist news that we're going to chat about at the end too so what did you want to talk about today okay i wanted to talk about there's a study being released by um disabilities trust and the royal holloway university um, they looked at 173 women at HMP Drake Hall, which is a, wiz- a women's prison, and they found that um, 65% of them had traumatic brain injuries, mm. and two-thirds of them had received them from a violent partner. Um, so they used the brain injury screening index, um, and they found that this sort of is quite a startling figure, really. I think it compares relatively with the male prison population. Um, but it's just leading to problems with their behaviour in prison, so just leading to more training in terms of how to how to manage manage the behaviour. But it's quite a, quite a shocking statistic, really. Mm. Um, follows up uh, women in prison study showed that seventy nine percent suffered domestic violence or sexual abuse. Um, so yeah, and it's 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 adding to what we do know about this prisoner population. Very 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 vulnerable. 
population. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, that's it's shocking, but not surprising to me um, that there's such a high incidence of w- women who've experienced sexual violence. Um because women don't really commit violent crimes at the same rate as men, do they? It's um... no, and and in not to justify it, but yeah. it's physical physicality. Women are a lot more vulnerable. Uh, bones break easier, thinner skulls, uh, and if a man attacks a woman, there's a mo- lot more likelihood that he's going to cause a yeah. serious serious injury. So really, a lot of these women, a, a lot of the prison population female prison population they they're actually victims themselves oh yeah yeah i mean it's also 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 quite interesting how it presents Mm -hmm. so in one study that was done women often report problems with anxiety depression and sleep men complain that they've um, got problems with concentration feeling irritated or annoyed so all the treatment plans can you guess which gender they've been uh, you know designed for oh i don't know which one which one can you guess so there's actually needs to be a lot more work in in how that they manifest the symptoms are often different between the male and female population so it's creating um a treatment plan Mm. that's tailored for for women yeah and if if there was actually a treatment plan tailored for women i imagine that if and when these women are released back into society if they actually had a treatment plan that then they could integrate into society more easily and the reoffending rates would probably be a bit, be a bit lower well, if they I, were given that support i think it's something and it goes for both prison populations really it's not really taken into consideration when we talk about rehabilitation is the amount of people who have behavioral issues because they have a traumatic brain injury you know mm. so it's not just a case that they're um bad disobedient eggs. or bad yeah. eggs yeah you know they've been they've been battered so they've they're actually unable to comply with certain rules in society Mm. um so yeah that's what i've been looking at this week um is there anything that we can do about it or just any way that we can make a difference um if you want to check out where is it um disabilities trust they're the people who commission the research they're doing a lot of research around this so go on google their website find out what they're doing i'm sure there's ways you can support them Mm. Mm. Interesting. Um, am I right in thinking that the female prison population is uh, statistically it's a lot smaller than the male prison population as well? There just aren't as many women in prison, and there's not as many female prisons, is there, compared to male prisons? Oh no, it's a lot smaller. A lot smaller prison population. Uh, just generally, women are a lot less violent than men. Also, they tend to be um, caregivers, so they've got children. So a judge is a lot less likely to send yeah. a lactating mother into prison. Um, interesting fact did you know 20% of the female prison population do you know why they're there self-defense drugs they didn't pay their TV license what yep yep it's true figure my um what yeah Yeah. see the BBC is evil like like why what you know I'm actually stunned by that yeah it's a true statistic 20% just because he didn't pay the TV license yeah I'm going to hazard a guess and say that these are low-income women yeah. as well who probably have, like, chaotic lifestyles due to a number of factors. And then now they didn't pay the TV licence because, God forbid, they want to try and relax and watch something in those spare moments that they do have. And then they didn't pay the TV licence and now they're in prison. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a criminal record, though. Like, why have you been in prison or I don't pay my TV licence? You're still going to come up on a CBS check, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. That's going to really impact your ability to... To find work after. Yeah. 
how can they justify that? I'm really shocked by this. I'm thinking of all the times when I was a student and like I actually did pay my TV license because I was afraid. But like so so many of my mates didn't. No, I was rebel for like five years, just yeah. kept moving around, not paying my TV license. Yeah. But you know, this is the thing. And it's really expensive. It's like two hundred pounds or something. Yeah, it like is. a Netflix it subscription is like what, a tenner a month? So less than, yeah. Like just sack the BBC. The BBC's rubbish now anyway. <laughs> I mean, I actually, I feel conflicted about the BBC because I really believe in the power of public service broadcasting. And I think the BBC, I think it is the best public service broadcaster in the world for the amount of content we get and the variety of content we get. But there are a lot of problems in the BBC and I'm not, I'm not like standing for the BBC uncritically. You know, there's a lot of problems and a lot of problems within the BBC and a lot of problems with its content. But I feel like we should reform rather than discard. It's massively sexist, isn't it, as well? Like the gender pay gap. Oh, yeah. It's it's an alarming figure. Yeah. I mean, um, without giving away too much personal information about myself, but I worked at the BBC briefly and um, it is a weird place. It is really weird. And there's a lot of built-in inefficiency within the BBC. It's hard to explain, but yeah. But I still feel like... a Loyal. Yeah. And all, you know, like it's the, it's the BBC. Like they do make incredible programs, but then there's just so much buffoonery that goes on. And now I find out, like, I don't think they're the, are they the enforcing arm of like the TV licensed people? I don't think they are. But the fact that 20% of the female prison population is in prison for not paying the TV license, I'm stunned by that. Like, not drugs, not violence committed in self defense. No, TV license. That'll learn them, won't it? You won't be doing that again. Yeah. Right. Is there anything we can do about that? Talk to MP about Um, the fact that women are in prison for not paying the TV license. I say we all stop paying our TV licenses (laughs) and see, like, chuck chuck us all in prison. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's just something I thought I'd chuck out there. I don't think there's a campaign. I just don't think people know about it. I don't, don't, don't think it's in the consciousness of, you know, the general population. And where's that statistic from? <laughs> you put him, you're testing me now. I don't know. My um, brother's partner is training to be a lawyer. Right. She's just done a topic on the prison service. Right. And she was telling me this, and I was, I actually questioned her again. Like, is that so? Yeah, I, yeah. Is that correct? That seems extortionate. And she's like, No, that's like I learnt it at university. So yeah. If, you, if they're teaching lawyers at university, then I'm pretty sure that's it's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um. But yeah, coming back to the brain injury and female prison population in general i don't know do you have any ideas on how we can solve women in prison generally just like you know blue sky thinking um i just think prisons in general are a really random solution to the problem of crime like if you didn't if prisons didn't exist and you was explaining to someone like this person's done something really bad and we need to punish them we need to find a way in society to deal with bad behavior which we do need some sort of redress we need to remove murderers from society but somewhere how do we do it yeah well i just think if you would have told somebody right we're going to put them in a room for like 23 hours a day for Mm. like a set amount of time okay and then that'll that'll reform them they'll learn a lesson from that like it's it's a historical process that has created prisons we don't really they don't really work and they just just, again i just think they're really random and i don't know if they're the best way to go about rehabilitating people or dealing with serious problems i think there's going to be a minority of people who are very dangerous who need to be isolated from society but the majority of people like i say that that 
statistic about 20% being in there for not paying TV license, you know, like it's an inappropriate way to deal with most offences. And even, you know, a lot of people in there have got learning disabilities, mental health problems, Mm. trauma from abusive backgrounds. Other compounding factors, like how is it helping them being in a room for many hours a day? Yeah, Yeah. no. And I mean, if, if prisons were what, what they were supposed to be to, reform somebody to give them the skills they need to get out in the world that would be great but the budgets have just been slashed and slashed and slashed and Mm. slashed so you know it's no wonder that people are not coming out re-offending coming out going back in again Mm. you know and i think the cbs check as well like if you've got a criminal record that's it now you you, what what work can you get you know it's going to be there for Mm. the rest of your life so it's stigmatizing people Mm. i don't to be honest i don't know i don't know what to do i mean there's a lot of talk about restorative justice which I get the idea of it, but I just don't think it's putting the victim first. Mm. You know, having to sit in the sit in a room with your abuser while you've got to forgive him or something. Mm. You know, like I'm not sure if that's the best option for women. Um, I know that's being suggested quite a lot, and I know there's a lot of prison abolitionists, and I was all I was all on board for that. I was like, yeah, get rid of the prisons. It is a stupid system, but their solution is just like free everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, are you insane? Do yeah. you know any of these people? Like, I know these people. They're out there. Like, the psychos. Like, I'm not having them coming back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what, do we do punish them? Just yeah. capi- Like, you could do capital punishment, um, corporal punishment, get the stocks, bring back the stocks. You know, do you get, let the victim have, like, five minutes with a screwdriver alone in a room? Like, I don't know if that's not a solution, but... Um, we we need to be having wider conversations about it because yeah. the current system currently isn't working. Well, we don't know whether or not it's for like um, rehabilitation or punishment. Yeah, and I think we need to have that discussion because I do think there is an element of punishment. If I was a victim of something, then I do want to feel that I've got justice. Yeah. So how to give the victim justice, but also reform the offender so they don't do it again? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think if I did know, if we did know, then we we wouldn't be having this conversation. We be having this conversation, yeah. would we? Yeah, I mean, well, and they used to put poor people in prison, um, and it's just—I'm just coming back to that twenty percent of people it. for not paying the TV it. license. And like, it's putting poor people in prison. Well, they do. I mean, aside from TV licenses, you know, not paying fines in general and yeah. debts like that—that'll put you in prison, won't it? So, yeah. Um, I don't know the best way to to deal with people, but I guess it's breaking down, um, and separating violent offences and um non-violent offenders mm. and that's probably not the best way to deal with with the problem mm. interesting stuff yeah food for food for thought um if you have any other uh questions or um any comments or if you have any further reading for us do send it in tweet us at make more noise one on twitter or um you can send us an email make dot more dot noise dot mank at gmail.com uh, we would love to hear from you and let us know uh, if you agree, if you disagree, if you want to direct us anywhere, um, we could tweet out as well if you have any other information. Yeah. So what 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 do you want to talk about this week? <laughs> but for a change of tone, I want to talk about makeup and the beauty industry. So, um, well, I wanted to start by asking you, what was mm. your first experience with makeup? So we're both women. Yeah. Women are more wear makeup more than men. Yeah. What was your first experience with makeup? Interesting. I don't know. Like I just I remember trying to put it on and just being really bad at it and <laughs> just feeling I've got like quite a baby face and I looked like fourteen until I was about twenty. So 
I always felt a little bit ridiculous with makeup. Like I was a little girl putting on a mum's makeup. Yeah. And I don't know, nobody really teaches you. It's just one of those things that you acquire over time, isn't it? Yeah. Um and I'm not really a big I'm not really big into makeup me. Like I'll put it on if I'm trying to get sex, basically. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to give up the illusion. Like, you know, you start a new job for like the first week, I put mm. makeup on every day. And then, like, I just stop because I've got shit to do. Like, I'm really busy and I can't be bothered doing makeup every morning. Mm. Um, So, I I don't really, I don't have much truck for with it. But it, to be honest, it's not for feminist reasons. It's just because I'm lazy and I don't think I'm very good at putting it on. So, I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I don't do it unless I'm going out for night out or something like that. Mm. Yeah, I remember um, raiding my mum's makeup bag and just finding stuff and experimenting. And I remember I had like this uh, kiddies makeup palette thing. And I remember my younger sister ruined it and I was livid. But this, the I seem to recall growing up and with this idea in my head that women needed to put on makeup to look beautiful because then we would have value. And I obviously, I didn't think about it in those terms as a kid. I just knew that it was nice if you put on makeup and you got attention and it was a good thing for girls to wear makeup and look nice. Now as a feminist, I realise it's because I'd absorbed those messages of women need to look good to have value. And then, um, and I had like all the weird makeup phases of like a 13, 14 year old, like bright blue eyeshadow and matching blue lipstick yeah. or whatever these young girls they don't have that anymore because they have like instagram where they can or youtube where they can watch amazing tutorials they don't have the weird awkward makeup sparkly cheek glitter thing anymore the green, the green eyeliner yeah green eyeliner they don't have that but yeah when i got like as an older teenager into sixth form when we were allowed to wear makeup at school um yeah just i kind of stopped being as into it i would just wear it for a night out or if I was trying to get a boyfriend or get sex and I just yeah I just remember as well thinking I, I'm actually all right with the way that I look yeah but I, have you seen Mean Girls yes you know that scene where they're all like all the girls are looking in the mirror like going oh I hate this about myself I hate this about myself and then they all look at Katie and she's expected to say something that she hates herself as well to yeah. bond and she yeah. just goes oh I have really bad breath in the morning I just felt like that was me yeah. that I didn't hate myself yeah. I didn't understand why these girls like did yeah it's like a bonding thing isn't it you're like yeah. oh I've got the worst tits mine or oh, mine mine <laughs> yeah <laughs> like you've got to like self-flagellate yourself yeah and, and so if I, you don't then it's like you've got a big ego or a big head or something exactly because girls hate it when other girls like have these big egos and well men hate it especially as well but yeah I remember just kind of making up stuff that I hated about myself and I feel like even now saying this now I need to preface it by saying but I don't I know I don't have the perfect body I feel like I need to <laughs> but I just didn't hate myself because my I just I just was I was just out yeah. in the world just doing stuff yeah and I think um part of it is and I know there's like a bunch of other confound compounding factors that will make somebody have self-esteem issues and I'm not saying it's as simple as this but I think part of the reason I didn't hate myself so much was because I had hobbies and stuff like that I actually mm -hmm. did stuff other stuff um like I danced a lot as a kid so I was using my body to do something cool like it did stuff it was dancing and my body allowed me to dance and I was all right at dancing so I wasn't necessarily looking in the mirror and thinking about how my body looked all the time because I had a different relationship to my body because yeah. it could do you know what I mean I think that's the thing I think I've I've when I was younger I think I had more body body issues and more self-esteem issues but I've been quite fit now for about 10 years mm. and I think being physically active gives you a different relationship to your body mm. and I think you actually 
you want to look you want to be fit not for the way you look which is okay it's brilliant side effect yeah but it's just having that feeling of uh, a healthy body is yeah. it just it does change your relationship to your like body and your sense of self yeah you don't feel so separated from your body because no. your body just is you and it does stuff yeah but um but i do wear makeup now um if i'm going out i still i don't wear it for work and part of that is political because i feel like this is my face yeah. and my face is enough I shouldn't have to hide it would you get a makeup tattoos like no if you could just if somebody just like very light like just forever and you never have to do it ever again no and I it's just not. done and, and I wouldn't and that's political because I don't think that women should have oh, to see I actually would I am um, yeah. I go and get my I get my eyebrows um, waxed and tinted and I get my eyelashes oh do you dyed well, I not didn't know that a while. yeah because I just I'm lazy but I like to have like striking eyes and I can't do the the plucking yeah like, I'm, I'm not really very good at it so I get the I get the Asian ladies to thread it and then I, it's just done then that's like a little bit of admin I don't have to worry about so mm-hmm. if I could get like a bit of eyeliner tattooed on and some yeah I would yeah I would I'm sorry I'm, I'm vain and <laughs> but I feel like I'm really vain as well yeah but it's more like I just think I'm the shit (laughs) well (laughs) makeup yeah to be honest though well we're both we're both attractive women so whether or not I would feel differently if I wasn't so uh god I do sound like big headed now don't (laughs) but but why do women do this though why do we like constantly and I want to talk about this idea that women we can't we can never well, it's like twofold. Women only have value if they look good, but also we can never acknowledge that value. Um, it has to be bestowed upon us by someone else. Mm-hmm. We can never be like, yeah, I look pretty good. Yeah. And it's that, that song, you know, yeah. that One Direction song. Um, uh, uh, that's what makes you beautiful. Yeah. Um, you don't know you're beautiful. And it's that phrase that you don't know you're beautiful and that's what makes you beautiful. It is so gross. Well, if you are beautiful, you know because people tell you all the time, and yeah. you know because you can get fit people. Like, yeah. you, you're pretty good at knowing. You, you, you know, get you treated better. You, you do get treated better. Yeah. I fluctuate sometimes when I get fat. I can literally see my social status go down, and I'm like, "You guys are so shallow." Yeah. Um. It. it you do get treated better if you if you're good looking, and it's it's a in, terrible indictment on society. Yeah. And but, I don't know if guys have the, have it the same. I think I think it's it's changing, but um, I think there is a bit more pressure on men. But to be honest, I'm going to sound horrible now, but I'm really not interested in talking about men's self esteem issues because they've not had been like, you know, oppressed by society for not wearing makeup and stuff or not looking good the way that women have. Shall I shall I give you a little quote here? Go on. Because I, I sent you this the other day. I saw we were we were going to decide oh, yeah. what we we're going to talk about. It's Margaret Atwood. I love Margaret yeah, Atwood, yeah. and she gives this gives this quote male fantasies male fantasies is everything won by male fantasies up on a pedestal or down on your knees it's all a male fantasy that you're strong enough to take what they dish out or else too weak to do anything about it even pretending pretending you aren't catering to male fantasies is a male fantasy pretending you're unseen pretending you have a life of your own that you can wash your feet and comb your hair unconscious of the ever-present watcher peering through the keyhole peering through the keyhole in your own head if nowhere else you are a woman with a man inside watching a woman you are your own voyeur you don't know you're beautiful that's what makes you beautiful see it's the same sentiment it's the same sentiment and i wanted to talk a little bit about the beauty industry i've got some facts and stats as well but about the beauty industry this kind of and 
Dove are really bad for this, this real beauty campaign. And it really annoys me. And I remember, and there's probably maybe some listeners going, but I really liked that. I really responded well to that. And this is absolutely not a judgment on anyone. But so they have different shapes of women and whatever and saying that they're beautiful because everybody's beautiful. But the conversation is still about women being beautiful. Do you, do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's still, it's still just another, we're just like redefining beauty, but saying, but beauty yeah, is still where still your value, value lies. It's yeah. still, the value is still yeah. placed on beauty. I mean, it is Dove. It is a beauty product. It sells. They're selling product, stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think a lot of body positivity, it's been sold as uh, feminism. And it. I understand it is a great message to teach people to be happy in their own bodies and yeah. to be confident that you like, don't need to look a certain way yeah but is it feminism the conversation is still about how we look you know? and not what we think yeah what is we it say feminism what we do is it feminism it's something else it's like i don't know self-esteem or yeah body image but to say it's um a feminist issue is to make everybody feel confident to get their boobs out or you know have a beach body like you don't need a beach body yeah um yeah it's not really telling women that they need to work on themselves as whole individuals it's always how you look yeah not who you are yeah there was um a dove advert a couple of years ago and i remember my mate said oh, I love this advert. it was the one where so, uh, women would describe themselves to a sketch artist and then the sketch artist would do the sketch but then random people that they met in the foyer before would also describe them to a sketch artist and it was like the difference between how you see yourself and how someone else sees you and like how you see yourself you'd be like my nose is so fat my earlobes are so droopy or whatever and then <laughs> somebody the in uh, the another person who was describing you to the sketch artist go oh she has really lovely sparkly eyes and all of this and it's nice yeah you know you always are your own worst critic but the conversation is still about how we look. Why is it always about how we look? What is wrong with being ugly? We'll say, like, we, we might see an objectively ugly person, mm. but we'll be like, oh, but you, oh, they're beautiful. Though. They've got this. They've got their own beauty. Why does it matter? What is wrong with being ugly? What is wrong with being an ugly woman? Like, ugly men, people still respect them because they care about what they're saying and what they're thinking and what they're doing, if they're doing something great. But still, with women, it is still... Even if she is objectively ugly, why isn't that fine? Yeah, well, it's because we're we're seen as objects in society. This is it. It's the subject-object divide. Yeah. Um, Women are not seen culturally as actual people um and we're just ornaments to look to look pretty aren't we yeah i've got some stats for you as well so i've decided as well and and i'm saying this i do wear makeup because i do want to look nice like when i go out on a date and stuff like this as well and i've realized i've gone on a rant but you know i'm not immune to it i do think i look better with makeup but is that because of the messages that I've absorbed or what is it anyway and I still like I buy these brands as well but I just want to give you some stats so the um uh, can you guess the sex of the CEO of the Estee Lauder group is it uh, is it the the male one ding 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 it's Fabrizio Frida um the uh the also um the CEO it's a company called Givando or Givaudan and they make active cosmetic ingredients for all the top brands as well can you guess the sex of the CEO of that male yeah it's Gilles Andrier so the top brands so the um CEO of Avon is a dude the CEO of L'Oreal oh can I guess I quite like this game I keep winning okay CEO of L'Oreal male yep Jean-Paul Egon CEO of Revlon male female only since last year 
prior to that for years and she's the first female ceo prior to that was a dude fabian garcia um uh the ceo of mac cosmetics male john dempsey so we have all these brands as well but so you know these big companies that own a lot of these brands as well like i don't know have you heard of procter and gamble yeah they own like all of the cosmetics and so procter and gamble can you guess the sex of the ceo i like this game male is david s taylor the brands that procter and gamble own Olay, always Pantene, Head and Shoulders, Aussie Hair Care, amongst others. Um, can you guess the CEO of Unilever? Male. Alan Jope. Unilever own Dove. Fair and Lovely, which is a skin lightening thing we don't have over here, but skin lightening is a massive issue. It's in, big in um in um, the global south and in East, um, East Asia. It is in it is in Manchester in Manchester. If you go to Longsite, you can all the, like right. all the Asian. It's like a big Asian community there. Yeah. And you go past the shops and it's advertised is it? skin skin lightening cream. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's not over oh, it's it's it's, it's in here, here as it's well. Here as well. It's yeah, I'm not surprised really. by that. I yeah. lived in Hong Kong for a year and there was like so much skin lightening stuff there and it's bad for your skin. Um but yeah, so Unilever own fair and lovely. Impulse, Pons is in Pons Cold Cream, Radox, Simple, Simple Skincare, Saint Ives, Sure, Timote, Shampoo and Conditioner, Tony and Guy, hair products, Tresemme, Vaseline. So Johnson & Johnson, another multinational thing that own loads of brands. Can you guess the sex of their CEO? Oh, I'm bored of this game now. Male? Yeah, it's Alex Gosley. And they own things like Johnson & Johnson, baby products and stuff like that. Um, Aveeno and Neutrogena. So uh, there's another major company. It's called Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. And it's like they own loads of brands. Is the brands that they just those three? <laughs> yeah, but they, that's the company group. Um their CEO of that can you guess the sex male it is uh, Bernard Arnault Arnold. I don't know how to pronounce it lots of French names yeah. um, they own Dior Sephora which is like the American like boots like American makeup big thing Sephora Marc Jacobs Givenchy Benefit Makeup Fenty Beauty mm. Rihanna's thing and Kat Von D so if you're all listening here think about there are female beauty CEOs like Rihanna runs Fenty Kat Von D runs Kat Von D yeah they're owned by Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy which is run by a dude most of the top board are dudes so when we're buying makeup and beauty we're just giving our money to men and men are dictating what women should be doing um, and so I'm just I'm trying to stop giving the male run beauty industry my money, even though I bought like a benefit palette the other day because it was proper nice. Yeah, exactly. Like we're, <laughs> we're perpetuating it. But can everyone just stop wearing makeup? If we all just stopped, yeah, everybody did a boycott. Then like we wouldn't look comparatively worse. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I heard an interesting thing was once on the um, Guilty Feminists podcast. Oh yeah. Um, and they were talking about makeup, mm. but they're quite well, they're quite liberal, so they like loved it. And um, it was it, well, it was interesting the history of it. It was only until the Victorian era that men stopped wearing makeup. Yeah, yeah. Before then, men used to wear as much makeup as women. Yeah. Um, and it was when Queen Victoria, when Albert died, she yeah. introduced mourning to like the whole of the royal court, so nobody was allowed to wear any makeup. Right. But when she moved to um, Scotland. Mm-hmm. The, f- the women started putting on makeup again the men didn't and so that's where the tradition comes from men stopped and women kept it up interesting yeah, yeah. back in um, I was reading something that in pre pre-Abrahamic religion times as well um, 
men would like cover themselves in makeup and stuff to make themselves look appealing to women well uh, eyeliner's a thing in egypt that because yeah. it's good it keeps the sun out of your eyes or something yeah like it has a purpose yeah. i quite like a bit of eyeliner on a man so do i like it's quite sexy isn't it uh, this is it i think like i like makeup it is fun but i think the fact that it's that it's women that are expected to wear it and because beauty is our value you know like and whenever a man wears makeup we're all like oh he's so brave or whatever or oh it's this oh it's that but it's subversive isn't it if a man wears yeah. makeup because he's, he's like defying gender norms so it's yeah. like oh he's brave or we never call no. a woman brave for wearing makeup it's just yeah. expected not wearing makeup's not a, not seen as like anything it's just seen as are, yeah. you, are you okay yeah are you, well? you look tired <laughs> <laughs> and um but so i'm not telling everybody to chuck out the makeup but i just think we need to have a robust conversation about it and not just kind of hunker down the defences and go oh but I like wearing it it's a choice like we should examine where those choices come from and why it is that women are more valued on their looks than men um yeah I mean just women are called the fairer sex we are known as the fairer sex so why do we have to put all this makeup on if we're so pretty like you're telling us like you are like you know objectively more beautiful than men okay so why do I have to cover my face with this stuff if I'm you know beautiful yeah yeah, yeah. So if you have any thoughts or any beauty recommendations, because I do love buying new makeup, let us know. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, any thoughts, any further reading, any other criticisms? Do you really disagree with us? You know, it's it's feminist because it's your choice, maybe. <laughs> then tweet us or send us an email, make more noise one on Twitter or make.more.noise.mank at gmail.com. Yeah, that, that, that account just rolls off your tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> have any feminist news coming up any things that are coming up um feminist news um international women's day is coming up what day is that on it's the 8th of march <laughs> <laughs> i thought you had it up but no, I, well, I wasn't trying to test you i just thought you had it up but we we're gonna tell me yeah no i don't know it's the 8th of march then brilliant yeah um get involved in your local groups i'll see what's going on on the news on twitter on social media get involved on something i'm sure there's loads of stuff happening up and down the country across the world for international women's day yeah i've got something locally if you're in manchester mm-hmm. hang on i'm trying to bring it up um It's all right. I'll talk about the history of International Women's Day, which I think started as like a labour movement. Yeah, um, it was Friedman, uh, 1934. Oh, I didn't know that. You know more than me. Yeah, it's um socialist. It's a socialist movement. Uh, I don't know. Rosa Friedman is a famous uh, trade unionist. Are you not she... thinking about Prof Rosa Friedman? No. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> it was somebody. It was... Oh, I'm really failing at this, like, knowing things today, aren't I? It's all right. Well, yeah, um, if if you know about International Women's Day, tell us, because we clearly need to be educated on it. Tweet us or send us an email. Um, there is a working class uh, movement library. Oh, yeah, in, in Salford. Manchester, in Salford, yeah. It's uh, 2nd of March. Cool. 2 o'clock till 4 o'clock. Remembering resistance, a century of women's protest in the north of England. Brilliant. That was good, actually. It's free. Um, what day of the week is that? The second. It's a Saturday. Saturday. I might call along to that. I think. Cool. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Um, if you have any events near you, let us know. We'll try and tweet them out. Um, get a bit more traffic. Um, I mean, you know, all two of our listeners. If you, if you, <laughs> hi, mum. <laughs> Send and let us know what's going on, and we'll let people know. Um, well, yeah. Um, 
if there's anything else you want us to cover for next time, any other topic ideas, do let us know as well. And we've come to the end of Suffragette City Radio. And we really enjoyed the card game reading out about new uh, feminist figures that we didn't really know about last week. So we've got a new one this week. I think it's your turn to educate us on somebody, DJ Lippy. Who have you got today? Right, this is Harriet Stanton Blatch. Suffragist political leader, 1856 to 1940. It was Sojourner, brackets truth, Mm. who first gave my gave my pride in my glib reading ability a dedicated jolt the duty was assigned to me to read the morning papers to to sojourner as she sat smoking her pipe one morning greatly puzzled i ventured the question sojourner can't you read oh no honey she answered quickly i can't read little things like letters i read big things like men so-called Harriet Stanton Blatch daughter of the great suffragist leader Elizabeth Cady Stanton Blatch grew up among many of the icons of the, of the movement for women's rights who helped extend her vision to issues of class and race. Blatch was a feminist activist at Vassar and when her marriage took her to England, she lent her efforts to the suffrage movement there. After her return in 1902, she became a key figure in revitalising the US suffrage movement and founded the League of Self-Supporting Women, which advocated pay for women's work in the home. This photograph was taken during her 1921 campaign for computer... Com, com, comp, Comptroller of the city of New York. You can't see the picture, but she's looking cool, stern. She's what not wearing cool any makeup, lady. is she? Yeah, no, she's not. <laughs> Let's have a look. No, she's got a key round her neck. Yeah, cool. If you have um, any other facts about her, let us know. Um, we oh, we could maybe start tweeting like the women that we speak about. We could maybe do start like tweeting out Rosa um, Luxemburg. Rosa Luxemburg. That's who founded International Women's Day. We'll tweet out about her as well. Yeah, I'm sure um, she's in these cards somewhere. But if you've got somebody you wanted to talk about, yeah, let us know. Who's your feminist icon? Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Like, introduce us to new people. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think that's it for us this time. Um, as ever, any comments, questions? If you like us, tell your friends. If you don't, tell your enemies. Um, and we'll see you guys. See you in a month. <laughs>